I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we are going to deep dive into aspects like prosperity. What is your financial mindset? Because you know, money is such an important aspect of our life—the way that we generate wealth. But very often, we don't realize that it's our mind that is preventing us from getting the stuff that we want, getting the money, getting the riches that we aspire. Right? Very often, we don't realize that it is the habits that other people have, both mental and physical, that are making them achieve the things that you want. So we have a wealth mindset and prosperity coach with us. So join me in welcoming Sarah to the Habit Coach Podcast. Sarah, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to have this really important conversation around money habits and money habits to... are so critical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and how to empower empower women and humans in general in their finances. Absolutely, Sarah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you right now? It's it's night where you are, right? It's bright it and is. early in the morning here. <laughs> yeah, it is nighttime here in Colorado, United States. And yeah, I'm originally from California. Moved to Colorado two years ago now, which is crazy to even think it's been two years. But I'm more of a mountain girl, so yeah, I'm over in Colorado. And yeah, <laughs> lovely. Shall I introduce myself? Yes, please. Beautiful. Cool. So my name is Sarah Rose D'Angelo. I am a mentor. I'm a speaker. I'm a CEO. I'm a podcaster as well. And I've been known to be called the prosperity queen. So I, I teach women all around the globe how to live rich lives, how to ignite new levels of prosperity, pleasure, purpose, and passion so that you can really live in your power. And I do this in a very unique way. I started off my whole understanding and relationship of money about eight years ago when I first got into finances. And that's where I really understood like the strategy of money, right? I saw people, the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. And I got to really observe on a front-facing way how people utilize their money. And then I decided to quit my job to pursue my purpose and my passion. And this is when my relationship with money on a spiritual level really deepened. And I got to experience what it was like to, to be a wealthy woman, not only in my bank account, but also in my body and in my mind. And that's that's where it all began. <laughs> what a beautiful story. Understanding the passion that you had for, you know, sharing this understanding of wealth that you got. Yeah. What was it that shifted in your mind? What was the aha moment that you had that took you on this journey? I think one of the biggest aha moments for me was realizing that in the day and age that we live in, there is so much opportunity to be incredibly wealthy while also doing something you love every single day. And while working at my corporate job, I was feeling really unfulfilled and I felt really limited and capped in both time and, and finances. And I just had this big realization that there had to be more to life than working every day, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. most days, and not really doing something you absolutely love and still feeling like you're living in just enough like having just enough to pay your bills. And so I sought out to to change that. And luckily I did. Absolutely. 
Sarah, do you think that people need to quit their job in order to get this? Do you think that people can have a financially satisfying life working in a company, having a corporate job, getting a salary, or do you think that being your own boss is the only way to go? I think it's a a both and question because absolutely you can create a financially thriving life while having a traditional career. There's so many ways now outside of being an entrepreneur that you can create prosperity for yourself. And being your own boss gives you even more of a privilege to create your own salary that doesn't have to have limits, doesn't have to have conditions even. So yes, entrepreneurship is an incredible path for uncapped and truly unlimited prosperity. And it's not the path for everyone. Like entrepreneurship, as I'm sure you know, is, is a wild ride and it has roller coasters and it's, it's not for the faint hearted. And sometimes people's purpose really does involve working at a a corporate nine to five. And that's beautiful, too. And I also believe that you can be financially free and abundant in any job, in any career. So there are people listening to the podcast thinking that, all right, I want to be financially independent. I want to have an abundance of money coming in. What would be the steps that you would suggest to take that that they should take on this path? What is the first understanding that they need to have? Yeah. So I break it down into three different segments. The first one is money mindset. The second one is money manifestation. And then the third one is money management. And if you can have an understanding of how you feel and what you think about money and people who have wealth and what you think about yourself as someone who shows up in relationship with money, that's the first place to start is with your mind. Because without addressing the root of the quote unquote problem, right, of your finances, you're never going to be able to manifest more money and you're never going to be able to manage money properly. So the first step has to be your mindset, your beliefs and your relationship with money and wealth. And what do you see as a trip that people normally have when they're thinking about the mindset and the money mindset? Where do they trip up? I would say they trip up at not seeing immediate results. Oh, okay. So I want it now. That's, that's the yeah, mindset. Exactly, exactly. Right. And the, the thing with the mind is so much of what we've learned, we've had and adopted for however long you've been alive, <laughs> right? Absolutely. So it's, it's a deep unlearning process that you have to go through. On top of that, you have a lot of society projecting their own beliefs onto you all of the time. So like a a very common one is um, like it's the man's job to to make more money. It's the man's job to be the breadwinner. And I know I grew up with that belief. And when I was 25, 26 years old, realizing that I still believed that it was the man's job to be the breadwinner, I had to commit myself to unlearning that belief. And that's where I think a lot of people get tripped up is they, they say, well, I want to believe that women can be the breadwinner, right? But then it doesn't happen right away. And then they see all the evidence saying, oh, well, the man's supposed to be the breadwinner. And so now they feel discouraged. So it's really important in the process to like commit and devote yourself to the belief system that's actually going to empower you in your finances, not what everyone else is telling you, not what your mom and dad taught you, not even the evidence that you're seeing in society. You've got to choose your truth. 
That's very interesting because we don't even realize that this programming is taking place, right? We grow up with this and we just take it for granted that that is the truth. Obviously, the men are the breadwinners. And then we come up with stories about, you know, how during the caveman time, they went out and they hunted and you had to stay at home and take care of everything. And yeah. we see this as a shift taking place slowly, slowly in society now. But I'm guessing that there is a way to speed up these belief system changes. Yeah, there absolutely is. And the first one is for sure embodiment. Mm. And and when what I does say embodiment, yeah, when I say embodiment, I mean the easiest way to penetrate your subconscious mind, to reprogram your mind is through feeling, right? Because I'm sure people listening to this have probably heard of like, do affirmations, right? right? Re read your affirmations, read your mantras. Yes, we love those. And if you're not experiencing the feeling of those affirmations, they're, not, they're there for nothing, mm -hmm. right? So like when you're reading your, your affirmations, say like, you know, I'm the first millionaire in my bloodline. Maybe that's an affirmation. You've got to actually experience it. And the more you feel it, the quicker you're going to see the results. And then that leads into the money manifestation piece of it. So it is first understanding the belief systems that you have, or do you not need to understand the belief systems? Just look at something else. So for example, the men are the breadwinners is a belief system. Like that, there might be three, four other belief systems that people would have, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to understand the belief systems like this. Is, what are some of the common belief systems that trip people up? Like, Yeah. Okay. So one is the man is always, always the breadwinner, supposed to be the breadwinner. Another one might be money is a limited resource. Okay. Lovely. Yeah. Another one is my family has never been rich. So that means I can't. Gosh, there's so many. I'm trying to think of the most common ones. More money, more problems is what a lot of people say which is not true. <laughs> money would solve all my problems, which is also not true. Right? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so those are definitely the main ones I've seen with, with my clients, for sure. In India, we have this whole thing about everyone who's rich is a thief, right? Or they did greedy. something greedy. They did something wrong to get there. There's no way that you can ask that much wealth without, you know, doing bad things to people. Yeah, that's a big one too. It's even here in the states, like people with wealth are bad. People with wealth right. are greedy, selfish. Yeah, and and it's such a deep ingrained feeling, right? Like you know, getting out of that feeling itself is 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 a challenge for so many people. Where do you begin? Is it only through affirmations? Is it through visualization? What is the process to do that? Yeah, the first step it has to be awareness. Okay. Right. Like okay. What is my relationship with money? What do I actually believe with money? Because I don't think a lot of people even sit down to ask themselves that question, right? So it would start with awareness and then you would understand like, oh, this is my dad talking. Oh, I, I picked this up from my mom. Oh, I had a really emotionally charged experience with money and therefore I now have this belief, right? Understand it. And then you have a choice to either continue to play out those patterns and those stories that maybe are not empowering to you, or you have the choice to release them and create something new. So in the case that you are choosing to release them, release them, right? And devote yourself to replacing them. And then you strengthen the new belief. That's the process that I guide my clients through. Amazing. And I think it all starts here and starting with your thoughts, the way that you're approaching life. 
Yeah. How do you see people take it and put it into action? Because I see that as a big, you know, gap between I can think these things, I've understood it in theory. Now putting into practice is where the hardest part is and and everything about the habit coach is about how do I put this into practice? So what are some of the ways in which people can either start putting it into practice? What are some habits that people can start with? Yeah, and this is where the money management comes in. So perfectly leading leading the questions here. The money management piece, this is all about the skillfulness that you have with money. Now, what I do want to say is that there's not a right or wrong way to manage money. I teach your finances based off of what's aligned with your desired financial goal. So let's say your desired financial goal is to save. We're going to put together a plan in place, a money management skill for you to actually achieve that goal, right? Maybe your goal is to um, expand your business. So maybe the goal isn't necessarily to save, but it's to invest. It's to hire mentors. It's to work with a coach. It's to invest in in stocks. and, and, And that's not my zone of genius, but maybe that's another form, right? So it really is going to depend on what do you want financially right now and then developing the skills to get there, right? And the main word here is devotion, right? You've got to be devoted to those skills and that plan that you're putting in place. I like this idea of devotion. This is the first time I'm I'm, I'm hearing of this concept of devotion for what you're doing. I can understand like discipline, but devotion takes it to another level altogether. I agree. How did you think of devotion as as a way of utilizing this? Because I always used to use the word discipline, right? And what I realized that discipline was really rigid. And right. on days that I didn't feel like doing it, I would then feel really shameful that I didn't, right? Mm. And then the shame would just compound where I was like, oh, well, I didn't do it yesterday. Now I feel ashamed that I didn't do yesterday. And, and that now I, the shame is blocking me from continuing to do it. Whereas devotion felt like art. It felt like a masterpiece. It felt like even on the days that I did mess up, it didn't matter because I'm still devoted to the work. I'm in it for the long game. Not devotion. Kind of how, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, devotion is almost like it's a feeling as opposed to that rigid, I need to do it right now, right? Putting those restrictions on you. I don't think devotion is restrictive in that sense. I agree. Yeah. It's, it feels more open and, it feels more loving, you know, like I said, when I was like, oh, I need to be disciplined in my finances. If one day I would mess up, I would feel so much guilt and shame. And then that didn't empower me at all. But if one day I did mess up right now, understanding devotion, I would say, cool, that doesn't matter, though, because I'm devoted to this work. And now we're picking it up where we left off. I love it. Devotions for the rest of your life. I think that's another way of thinking about it, right? It's a long-term process, like you're saying. It's not a get-rich-quick. It's not an immediate result kind of a thought. Absolutely, yeah. Before going ahead, we'll take a quick break. And we are back. And right in the beginning, you spoke about the spirituality of it. Can you explain what you meant by the spirituality of money? And I would love to deep dive into this topic. It's something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, So the spirituality of money is really understanding more so yourself 
than actual cash because cash is really just an object, right? Money is something that you get to be in relationship with. But in order to be in relationship with money, you have to do your own inner work because money itself, and this is where what a lot of people don't fully understand is money is neutral. It's nothing without us, right? I say this quote by Tony Robbins quite often, nothing has meaning except for the meaning I give it. And that is in, in all aspects of life. But when you go on a spiritual journey with money, you define money. Money does not define you. And so it's a way to take back your power and go on this sacred journey with money and to take it to an even deeper level. A lot of, uh, a lot of people think that they were not meant to be wealthy. They were not meant to be rich. Going on a spiritual journey with money, you start to understand that your prosperity is service to the world. And that's where that like deep understanding of I am not only meant to be rich, I need to be rich in order to serve this world. It is my moral duty to be the wealthiest version of myself in this lifetime. Because a good person with a good heart is going to do really good things with their wealth. And that's what the world needs right now. That was so beautiful. And I remember years ago, I'd done a podcast on a topic that was very controversial at the time. where It was a statement saying that the biggest sinner in the world is the one who's poor. And Mm. everyone was like, how can you say something like this, Ashton? It's, It's one of the craziest things to say. But I was like, no. If you understand that your value to society is measured by the amount of money that you receive, and that's all money is, if you're poor, it means you're not adding value to society. So that Mm -hmm. itself is a sin. Why are you not doing things that is adding value to the lives of other people? And if you do that, money has to come to you. Yeah, I think that's such a such a great conversation because it's true. You know, like it's it's abusive to your life to be broke. Yeah. You know, and. People are probably like, oh, but if I'm if I don't have money, that means it's available. Like pe- other people have it, and that's being of service. No, because wealth oh, that, that's convoluted. Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> wealth is a unlimited resource, and wealth does not pick and choose who it favors. Yes, it's unlimited, and especially nowadays when everyone's printing money in in different countries. So you just realize how easy it is to inverted commas make money in that context. Yeah. So, Sarah, let me ask this question to you. What is your meaning that you've associated with money? What is your personal meaning with money? Yeah, money is my tool. Money is my tool to experience the most prosperous life. So money is a tool. Wealth is an identity. And prosperity is a lifestyle. And money is the tool to help me experience all of that in which I want to create in this life. You know, in in this lifetime, money is the resource. It is the tool. If I want to go travel first class around Europe, which I just did, I have the tool, I have the resource to do so. If I want to support my friend's business who is struggling and I can buy their product from them and that helps them pay their rent that month, my prosperity is service to the world right? Is service to them. So for me, money is about being a tool. And then the wealth piece of it is how I feel and how I view myself. 
And I think that's another layer that not a lot of people think about because just to share a story that was a very monumental experience in in my life was I had a $40,000 cash month in my business. It was the highest paying month at the time. And I remember sitting there and being like, but it's not a 50K month. And there wasn't like, I was like, oh, a 40K month, but, but that's not enough. I want more. And this is when I realized that the amount of cash that I had sitting in my bank account was not going to, it was not the same thing as experiencing and being an, a wealthy woman. They're two very different things. So cash is a tool and you can have a lot of cash without ever feeling really wealthy. And how would you define wealth for people? I feel wealth is is how you view yourself yourself in the mirror, right? Like, how do you show up in the world? How do you move throughout the world? Do you move with a sense of fear and and lack and scarcity and insecurity, or do you move throughout the world in trust, in confidence, in empowerment, in love? And I think that that is really what determines a wealthy person. It's how they show up in the world and how they view themselves and perceive the world around them. So it's not just financial wealth, but it's the wealth of your health. It's the wealth of your relationships. It's the wealth that you've created in your house. It's all those aspects that ultimately lead to, like you were saying, the confidence, the way that you see yourself, the image. Is that correct? Exactly. Spot on. I love the idea. So you look at yourself in the mirror and you see where you are at this wealth level. And then you can start making the tweaks towards your version of being wealthier. Yeah. Yeah. Because you really do get to define wealth for yourself, you know, and wealth for me might be, might look something totally different than wealth for you. But that's the beautiful part of it is no matter what wealth is available. Wealth is available. And yeah. Wealth is always available. And the next level was prosperity. What yeah. is prosperity? Yes. So prosperity is, it's a lifestyle, right? So for And it's not just a lifestyle, I will say, right? There's so many different forms of prosperity and being prosperous. But having cash as the tool, having wealth as an identity, those two give you the ability to live a prosperous life. So you're not afraid to use your cash to, you know, go travel around the world or give back or to buy your family a house. You're not afraid to use it. Because you've embodied the wealthy woman or the wealthy human. So now you're able to live a prosperous life where you choose fulfillment. You choose moments of joy, right? Whether it's living prosperously by going and watching the sunrise because it makes you feel super alive. Or maybe it's indulging once a week in your most favorite restaurant because it makes you feel abundant, right? It's choosing a life that really lights you up inside. Interesting. So prosperity is all about that feeling that you get at the end of this entire journey. Is, would that sum it up in that yeah. sense? That's that feeling of prosperity. Exactly. Yeah. So along the way, what are some of the habits that you would teach your coaches? So, you know, there are so many different thought processes that go around when it comes to, you know, thinking about wealth, changing your money. So a friend of mine who is now one of probably the top 10 richest people in India, he used to say that, you know, Ashton, when I didn't have money, I used to go and sit in the lobbies of five-star hotels just to feel that and start 
embodying it, right? So that was his habit. He's saying, I would always fly business class even though I could not afford it because I knew I'd probably make a contact there. And I wanted to feel that as a way. Now, that is a slippery slope to go down on and like blow all the money that you have. So what would be some of the habits that you would suggest or mindset tweaks that we can start making as changes in our life? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I love that your friend that did that because in a lot of ways I do that as well. I, I call them prosperity dates. Where prosperity I allow, dates. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I allow myself to be in the energy of, of prosperity and wealth. And sometimes that is, you know, spending the actual money, booking the first class flights, that sort of thing. Sometimes it's, doesn't have to cost any money at all. Sometimes it's driving by the neighborhood that you want to live in one day or trying on the ring that you know you're going to buy yourself one day. So it doesn't necessarily have to involve spending money, but it's being in the energy of prosperity. It's an incredible habit. It really, really is because I will tell you, I have manifested a lot in my life through that practice alone. So it is really, really great. I would say another one too is writing letters to and from money. You know, it sounds really, really weird. And you're like, what? How how are you (laughs) going to do that? (laughs) Yeah, right. Personifying money is a really powerful way to create a better relationship with money. Because if you sat down and asked yourself, how am I showing up in relationship to money? Because again, money does not define you. You define money. How am I showing up in relationship to money? Am I open to it? Do I trust it? Do I receive it? Do I avoid it? Do I feel insecure about it? It's really like you can reveal a lot about how you show up in relationship with money. And so starting to personify money and writing those letters, and if you want to even go deeper, love letters to and from money, you can actually start to heal the relationship you have with money. And so I, I committed to writing love letters to and from money every month. I would have abundance rituals. And a part of it was writing those letters. And the relationship evolved so much. And sometimes it still goes back. And I'm like, hey, money, I'm, I'm having trouble trusting you right now. Is there anything that I can, I can hear from you that, I, that you want to say to me? And money will write back exactly what I need to hear. And the key here, too, is... It's all within you. Like you have all the answers inside of you. But sometimes just sitting down and writing those letters and letting money play a role in your life really, really helps. My God. Okay, so I'm I'm visualizing this. I'll be like, dear money, it was nice meeting you yesterday. And then, <laughs> right? And then you continue down into what's happening in your life, how you're feeling, all of that. And then money writes back to you saying, dear Ashton, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is journalism on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it sounds very very woo woo, right? right? But journaling, sorry. Yeah. Hmm. Journaling itself is a, just a powerful practice, but like these hmm. these letters, they sound pretty far out there, but I mean, it changed my entire life and how I show up in relationship to money. I think this is a big one because I think I'm definitely going to start this habit for sure because I know my relationship with money needs to be tweaked a little bit as well. So I, I'm definitely going to start this and see how it pans out. Yeah. So Sarah, you also help people on their entrepreneurship journeys, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how does that 
go. So if I had to ask you about entrepreneurs and especially women entrepreneurs, that's what you specialize in, right? Mm-hmm. What is the current landscape of women entrepreneurs? What are things that you see that, you know, you wish you could, you know, hold them by the shoulder, shake them up and say, guys, can't you see this? Like it's right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is probably going to ruffle some feathers because yeah, it's controversial, but I will say it is how hard you work does not equate to how much money you make. And I know that goes against everything, everything we were ever taught, but it is a truth. And that's probably one of the biggest things I want to to tell specifically women, because women in the world right now, because of the the feminist era, have been showing up like men. And there was a reason we needed that, right? Like we got women's rights. We got, you know, the ability to have our own financial autonomy, um, the right to vote. Like there's so many things that we did get out of the feminist era. And a lot of it was telling us to be men when we are not men. The pantsuit. What's that? The pantsuit. You know, the, exactly. The, right. You yeah. dress up like a man. Like, why did you need to... All of those things are an important aspect of this. Exactly. And and the reality is, is we are equal to men, but we are not men. And so in the world specifically of entrepreneurship, women are burning themselves out and feeling this sense of like, like a lack of joy for life because they're overworking themselves and they're not honoring themselves as women who have 28 day cycles versus a man who has a 24 hour cycle. Like biologically, we are not the same. And it's so important to to take your power back and remember that you have the ability to be just as successful as a man and not have to work like a man. That's probably one of the biggest messages I, I have for female entrepreneurs because I, I've i been the girl who, who really tried hard to be a man and I was left unfulfilled, burnt out and, and not able to live a really good life. And now I'm able to work, set my hours in a way that is fulfilling to my soul, to my body, and I'm making more money than I ever have in my life. All right, so that was Sarah and we were talking about understanding your relationship with money. Now, in the second part, we're going to discuss entrepreneurship and understanding how you can become an entrepreneur, understanding the creative energy needed to be an entrepreneur. So make sure you listen to part two. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.